From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. For at least a couple of decades now, we have been hearing about climate change, greenhouse emissions, global warming, but what seemed like buzzwords are now being experienced by us in our daily lives. Human activity has caused the planet to warm up like never before. Whether it's the fires in Greece, Italy, Turkey or California, or the extreme weather events like cyclones and flooding. The sixth assessment report of the IPCC, which is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, released on Monday. It makes for a sobering but essential reading. My colleague Vaishnavi Chandrasekhar breaks down the report's implications and later in the podcast she also speaks to the report's lead author Professor Krishna Achutarao to understand what it says about India. The IPCC report Vaishnavi that's just out uh, the key findings seem to be a grim forecast for all of us. So this particular report um we saw more than 200 scientists scrutinize more than 14000 studies um over many years to come up with this very authoritative statement on uh, how fast global warming is happening and what the consequences could be what makes it uh, really important is that it's probably the strongest statement yet that it's made on on global warming and on how fast the global average temperatures are warming and the kind of extreme events that we're already seeing unfold we are going to have the un climate talks in november uh, in glasgow and this report is probably going to be quite important in helping shape what countries agree to do in that conference The Indian Meteorological Department has warned that Cyclone Tokte is expected to intensify into a very severe cyclonic storm. The weather department also said that the cyclone is likely to pass close to Mumbai and may cause heavy rainfall in the city. Thousands of people including covid patients in both Gujarat and Maharashtra Many trees were uprooted. There was a power failure being reported at several places. People had to be evacuated. There was a fishing boat that was missing. Four fishermen are still missing. The Navy and Air Force rallied as three barges with 700 people on board went adrift near Mumbai, with dozens of people missing. These men were the first to be rescued. Is the very severe cyclonic storm Yas, which is currently in Bay of Bengal. The landfall is expected between right. Odisha That's and. That's the West. sea right behind me. It's extremely violent. Uh, the sea waves are as high as two-story building, and that was predicted because of uh, full moon today. The prediction was the sea level would be. In- Increasing. The water level would be increasing, and that's. Exactly- This year alone, Mumbai had a close brush with disaster as Cyclone Tautke, classified as an extremely severe cyclonic storm, made its way along the west coast of India, making landfall in Gujarat. The cyclone killed 174 people, with 80 still reported missing, and caused damage worth 15,000 crore. On the east coast, Cyclone Yas, classified very severe cyclone. also caused damage worth 20000 crore to west bengal cyclones now being the annual staple is just one of global warming's many consequences if you look at you know the trends that are projected and you look at the vulnerability of the indian coastline which is 
which is very long, just over 7,000 kilometers long. And we have very densely populated cities, including Mumbai, Chennai, Calcutta. These cities are going to face, on the one hand, sea level rise, and on the other hand, perhaps an increase in extreme rainfall events. And those are going to aggravate flooding in these cities, which we're already seeing. And of course, if you're going to have more heat extremes, if you're going to have hotter days, and that's going to be worsened by, you know, the cities themselves, because cities, due to the urban heat island effect, because they're full of concrete, they generate their own heat. So the overall warming is going to be amplified within the city. Historically, the most greenhouse gas emissions have been produced by the most developed countries, uh, the European countries in North America, because they developed first and they have emitted the maximum accumulated amount of greenhouse gas emissions. Because of that history, a lot of developing countries, including India, have taken the stand that developing countries like India shouldn't have to cut their emissions as much because as a country, we're still growing. We still need energy. We still need to grow our economy. We still need to feed people, electrify villages, all of those things. And therefore, while developing countries have responsibility, uh, it's not quite the same as, say, the European Union or um, North America. Uh, while it has made uh, pledges to cut emissions, it's not agreed to net zero emissions that uh, other countries are talking about. And this is going to be a point of discussion and debate in the coming months. Um, the report is very clear that with further warming in the coming years, we expect to see new extremes that are unprecedented in magnitude, frequency, timing, or in regions that have never encountered those types of extremes. And I think um, an important uh, um, aspect that is shared by all the authors of this report, all the scientists, is that you know, for decision-making worldwide, many people just look backwards. What was the extreme event of the last 30 years, of the last 100 years? But in a, in a changing climate that is not sufficient, it's really important to take into account these new types of extremes, these intensified extremes that are going to happen in the coming years or decades. And let me finish by one example. With gradual sea level rise, the extreme sea level events that occurred in the past just once per century will occur more and more frequently in the future. For most coastal places um, uh, worldwide, those that occurred only once per century in the past are expected to occur once to twice per 10 years by mid-century. That's Valerie Masson-Delmont, co-chair of the IPCC Working Group 1, talking about how emissions are altering our climate. For a more granular understanding of the issue, Vaishnavi Chandrasekhar spoke to one of the lead authors of the IPCC report. Professor Krishna Chutarao is head of the Center for Atmospheric Sciences at IIT Delhi, and one of his key areas of study is the risk of extreme events under a warming climate. He spells out here why some of the most densely populated cities in the world, which lie on the South Asian coastline, Mumbai, Chennai, Kolkata, Dhaka, Karachi, are particularly vulnerable to changing climate. So for the last few years, we've seen uh, record-breaking temperatures, we've seen heat waves, uh, we're seeing wildfires, and of course, floods in India. Mm-hmm. How certain are we now that these are being caused by global warming? 
you know, certainly for somebody who lives in India, you know that heat waves have always been a part of our summertime lives. And certain kinds of extremes like droughts are also something that we experience. But there are definite signatures in these kinds of events that point to higher intensities, increased frequencies, and increased durations that we are seeing, more so in the heat wave context and to some extent in the increased rainfall context, but not so much in in the drought context, perhaps. But that's a very regional picture. But if you look at this on a global scale, the numbers of events, their intensities and durations have clear signatures of global climate change. In fact, there are some events that are probably unprecedented and would not have occurred without human-induced climate change. So this part of seeing how extreme events have changed uh, has, has really given us another way of looking at how global climate change manifests itself in various parts of the world. And certainly, the human influence on these kinds of events is really clear. You spoke of paleoclimate. How do the changes that we're seeing um, now, the increase in temperatures, for example, how does it compare to um, older millennia um, in the Earth's history? If you also look at the rate of change of temperature, this temperature level, you really have to go back to before human civilizations are known to have existed and prospered to find those kinds of temperatures. So what this means is that human history has not recorded these kinds of temperatures. By recorded, I don't mean with a, with a measuring instrument, but human civilizations have not experienced these kinds of temperatures. And this is a profound statement in the sense that we are literally in uncharted territory as far as the global climate goes. And it's very important for people to understand that you've built civilizations and societies based on a certain notion of what the climate is. And if that is changing and you're now well into unprecedented territory, it's very hard for human societies to just adjust to all of that overnight or, or even over this uh, time scale of uh, decades or centuries. One of the most um, alarming words that was used in the report was the word irreversible, um, suggesting that some changes may be reaching tipping joints where whatever we do, we can't reverse them. What kind of changes do you think are becoming irreversible? There are certain things that, that once they happen, uh, you cannot undo. For example, melting glaciers and ice sheets, uh, such as the glaciers in the Himalayas or ice sheets uh, on Greenland and in Antarctica. These, when they melt, you've lost them forever because these ice bodies are built over millions of years. And you can't just refreeze back and build these uh, ice bodies back up. So 
That is one irreversible change. And the fact that these ice sheets and uh, glaciers, when they melt, the water ends up in the oceans. The oceans absorb all of that melt water, so the sea level goes up. In addition to that increased amount of water in the oceans, the oceans are also absorbing more than 90% of all the additional heat that we trap from greenhouse gases increasing. So the oceans are also warming at the same time, and that warming ends up expanding the ocean waters, leading to further sea level rise. So once you've warmed the ocean and you've added more water from melting ice that's been stuck on land for millions of years, you've increased the sea level and that sea level cannot be undone. And these are irreversible changes that the report talks about. So while these are just a handful right now, more warming that goes into the system, there are more systems that will go into these kinds of irreversible changes. There are fears of other kinds of irreversible changes that can be avoided if further warming is limited. A really big open question has been how climate change would affect monsoon. With this report, do we have a better answer for that? So the monsoon um, globally has been found to have increased, but it has also been affected by what we call air pollution or aerosols. So there is an imprint of both the greenhouse gases and the anthropogenic aerosols, such as the air pollutants we see widespread over India. So both of these are kind of, they're counteracting each other. Just the greenhouse gases alone are tending to increase monsoon rainfall. But if you look at what the aerosols do, they tend to counteract that increase. So what we have in India has been a combination of both of those. There's clear evidence that our air pollution has caused the monsoon rainfall increase to be reduced. So going forward, what this means is that if we clean up our skies, air pollution, and make for better health outcomes for people, this is going to make the monsoon rainfall increase due to greenhouse gases more evident. So what we have experienced so far is the tamping down of the monsoon rainfall because of aerosols. And once you remove those aerosols, we will see an increase in the amount of rainfall. So it is a balancing act in a sense between what aerosols do and what greenhouse gases do. Uh, to me, uh, the main take-home message is that aerosols have been affecting our monsoon and will continue to reduce the monsoon rain unless we clean up the skies. But at the same time, the greenhouse gas-led increase in monsoon rainfall could be much more than we bargained for. 
Uh, one of the things that the report highlights is that the Indian Ocean is actually warming faster than other oceans. What does that mean for the country, especially in terms of sea level rise? This certainly has implications for what happens to our coastline. So our coastal areas are going to be more prone to extreme flooding events. So if there's a high tide or an extreme uh, sea level event driven by, say, a tropical cyclone, then it's going to result in more flooding of the coastal regions. The other thing that warmer waters do is also tend to produce more of the conditions that are ripe for tropical cyclones. And we know that in our region, uh, the Bay of Bengal and the Arabian Sea are, all, are both capable of producing tropical cyclones and warming of uh, the waters here just makes the conditions more uh, conducive for tropical cyclones to form. The report paints quite a dire picture of what's to come. Is there anything optimistic that you see um, in this report? What can countries do to avert some of the worst impacts of this? There is only one solution that the report repeats in multiple ways, and that is to reduce emissions and reduce them now. There is no way to get away from the harmful effects of climate change without reducing carbon dioxide emissions to a net zero. Unless we're able to do that, every gram of carbon dioxide that gets added, and not just carbon dioxide, the other greenhouse gases too, is going to contribute to warming. The optimistic part is that you can still start reducing now and make a dent in this. Without making a dent now, you're just loading things up for a later time when more and more irreversible effects start happening, more and more extremes become commonplace, more and more dramatic changes in how climate change manifests itself in various regions happen. So the optimism comes to me in that you have a chance even now, but a fairly slim chance of actually preventing the worst changes that are likely to happen. The longer we wait, the slimmer the chance and the smaller the hope. Today's episode was produced by Arun George and Joshua Thomas. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.